Hi everybody, it's Owen McCafferty here for the Film Photography Project. I have a very special guest here today to talk about some nitrate film, and his name is Sam Sherman. I'm sure you guys have heard of Sam Sherman before, because Mike and the gang have have talked about him and interviewed him, and actually, uh, the... I don't know if you know this, Sam, but the interview that Mike did over, I think, one or two podcasts was one of the most listened to FPP episodes uh, to date, if I'm not mistaken. So Amazing. Yeah. So we're glad to have you here. For those of you who don't know Sam Sherman, Sam, I know that you were a filmmaker or are a filmmaker, a photographer, photographer, camera, film aficionado, just sort of renaissance man when it comes to film and photography and art. Is that right? Did I miss anything? Uh, that's pretty good. That's pretty <laughs> close, I would say. So you reached out to talk about nitrate film, which some of our listeners may have no idea what nitrate film is. Can, can you just give us a brief synopsis of what nitrate film is, why it's not around anymore, and then we'll kind of talk about the, the really interesting part of your point, which was uh, still nitrate film. Yes, it's a safety issue. It's very dangerous. And I want to get the word around on this. Uh, there are a lot of dangerous things that exist in photography in the world, and somebody's got to blow the whistle on it. So <laughs> briefly speaking, nitrate film was originally, I couldn't say originally, maybe it started with still film, but it uh, definitely started the motion picture industry. And I have been a film historian, producer, distributor of feature films for many years. I'm known for producing horror pictures like Dracula versus Frankenstein and so on and so forth. Also being a film preservationist and collector and all that. So uh, I did I miss some things in your introduction then. <laughs> oh, it can't be all this. Forget about that. Don't even try. But when I, I started as a film editor or assistant film editor, one of my jobs was to clean out film vault. And I went to a film vault that was all nitrate film. And nitrate film was what was used on motion picture film, 35 millimeter film for theaters. Now, nitrate film was and is highly flammable and explosive and dangerous. It was never meant for home use. And when they first started making film up for home use in uh, 17 and a half millimeter, which then became 16 millimeter, it was always safety film and it was marked on the edge safety film but that doesn't mean that nitrate film didn't find its way into the house now i'll tell you how dangerous nitrate film is yeah i've seen videos on on youtube and if if you're you know if your listener if you're listening and you're bored and you want to want to see what a nitrate film fire looks like go on youtube and search nitrate film fire and when when sam says it's explosive i mean that's almost an understatement it is it is super, super dangerous, and it's caused a lot of um, film collections to go completely to ashes simply because the films are made out of this very combustible substrate. Many people have died because of it, and nitrate film was generally used for all 35 millimeter motion picture film shown in theaters up until the late era of 1952. And, That's pretty uh, recent. Well, think about what the rest of it is. People who have never been in a projection booth in a theater have not seen how these booths were set up for nitrate film. They had in the booth a door that was weighted on a pulley that would slide down and lock the booth and seal it tight. With the projectionist in it? 
And if the projectionist <laughs> didn't get out fast, he could be burned to death. Wow. I don't know how many were, but some were. And uh, also, sprinklers would go on in the booth, and so maybe some of them were saved. But uh, imagine until 1952, wow. nitrate film was used throughout the world. The nitrate film deteriorates over time, some of it, not all of it. Many archives have big collections, and all the original camera negatives of great classics like The Wizard of Oz and uh, Gone with the Wind and everything mm -hmm. you could name, they're all nitrate and they're saved in archives. And a lot of them are transferred to safety film, but they want to keep the original negative as the best original quality. So what happens to deteriorating nitrate film? It begins to get sticky, and it gets sticky at the edges, sometimes from touching the metal can. It gets sticky at the edges, and then it begins to travel down the inside of the can, so it's now going to touch the edge of the film all the way through the can, and this stickiness could stick the whole reel together so it couldn't be unrolled or spooled or copied or screened. But the stickiness then begins to turn into a brown powder. The brown powder is throughout. The whole thing is now brown powder. And the brown powder is equivalent to something called gun cotton, which is a highly explosive material. Right used for making cartridges, for shells, for, for big uh, guns, for all kinds of things and used in war. Is the, the film itself, is that the, the film and, and this sort of residue that's a result of the film deteriorating, is it that and also the gases that the film emits as well? I don't know about the gases, but I know about the, the powder. I can tell you this story. I did clean out a nitrate vault. It was one of my jobs as assistant film editor. There was a lot of sticky stuff there. And at one time, it may not have been the same vault, but another place, I opened a 1,000-foot can, not knowing it was nitrate film, and it was this powder, brown powder. I didn't know it was explosive or what it was. But the rush of air going into that into that can propelled the powder out into the air. Wow. And it covered me from head to toe. Poof. Wow. Toxic to breathe. Sure. Just awful. But I did survive that. And I did survive handling a lot of nitrate film through the years. Now, just to go beyond it, I did unroll on, in front of my garage down the driveway a big strip of nitrate film and taped it onto the ground. And then I'd lit it at one end just to see what right. would happen. And it went, shoom! <laughs> and it was quite interesting. So right. it gave me a healthy respect for it. I have known nitrate film in my house now, but I, I've had some through the years. I've collected some nitrate films. Would you say that it's pretty rare? I mean, I don't know how many of our listeners collect uh, movie film prints, um, but they might. I mean, would you say that it's pretty rare if you were to go to an estate sale or a garage sale or an online auction and buy a 16-millimeter? We, we, just, we just don't know. Right. We just don't know. Strange story happened to me. I was writing a magazine for James Warren, working on Famous Monsters of Filmland. I got to be the editor of Screen Thrills Illustrated, and I got to interview Joe Bonomo, who was a world-famous strongman and eventually the star of Silent Serials, got to be a good friend of his and helped him locate a nitrate copy of his 1928 serial, The Chinatown Mystery, 10 chapters, 
21 single 10-minute reels. And I worked on restoring that, fixing it up with them, and eventually uh, getting it to an archive. But before it got to the archive, Joe Bonomo had passed away. Somehow this material was all in a storage place. And a friend of mine who was kind of a dealer in oddities and things like that called me at home on a Friday afternoon at 5 o'clock. Mm-hmm and said, I've got some film for you. I'm going to drive it over to your house. And he drove with a big truck up to my house, all of Joe Bonomo's nitrate film. Wow. And a lot of other films, too. And just gave it to me. And uh, so I put it all in the garage, but I knew we wanted to get it out of there. And we got it out, the nitrate out of there as quickly as we could. And it went to an archive. But I was always um, never casual about it. A lot of collectors, they get to be careless and casual. I was never casual about nitrate film. But we've explained the danger of it. Now I wanted to explain the rest of it. For some reason that I can't figure out, nitrate film was also used in still film. I don't know what form of still film, but I do know that in the 1920s and 1930s, on the set of Hollywood movies, they would have a view camera, 8 by 10 sheet film, mm-hmm. and shoot stills of every scene being photographed for the motion picture, and they would print these for display in front of theaters, for publicity, for making posters, whatever. But those 8 by 10 negatives were generally nitrate film. A friend of mine, who remained nameless and his location nameless, has a large collection of rare 1930s nitrate 8 by 10 original still negatives. Now, I did borrow some of those some years ago from him because they were 8 by 10. They were in the camera when these stills were taken, mm-hmm. and I had them blown up into big 16 by 20 enlargements because they were very sharp and things of that nature. And I gave it back to him. So he's got this collection in his home, and I'm trying to advise him and and warn him about the dangers of it. He's minimizing it. He's had them for many years, and I'm suggesting that he get a scanner mm-hmm. which is generally rare and expensive right. to scan 8x10 negatives and then give these to an archive, get them the hell out of there. Right. I don't suggest people destroy them by burning them. I don't suggest that people, if they find them, uh, should uh, in any way try to just throw them out in the garbage. They're toxic. They're dangerous. Do we know They've of any a... legal you know, requirements or restrictions about people who own these films? I mean, is it just sort of... I would say that they're in trying to destroy it or take it somewhere or even own it. There's got to be some legal requirement, mm-hmm. and they should go to the police department or the fire department and find out what to do. But if it's an archival thing, like an old motion picture or an old still negative from a motion picture, it shouldn't be just destroyed as a toxic substance. It should go to the Library of Congress right. in Washington, D.C., UCLA, Film Archive on the Coast, George Eastman House in Rochester. Never throw away motion picture material unless it's very deteriorated and presents a threat that it should be disposed of safely. Mm-hmm. Let's jump away from that. I don't know what sizes other than 8x10 that nitrate uh, still film was done in sheet film. But it could also be five by seven. It could also be uh, two and a quarter, three and a quarter, four, three and a quarter, four and a quarter. Mm-hmm. It could be the European sizes. Six by nine centimeters, nine by twelve centimeters. I just don't know. Right. Thirty-five millimeter. Well, you'd say that's for home use. What's the possibility of you're having nitrate film in your home from a still? Very unlikely, I would say. Right. Kodak 
Agfa, Ansco, other brands that we know, big brands, Fuji, they're generally safety film. and They usually are marked on the edge of still film, just as on the edge of motion picture film, safety film, which means it can be possessed and used in the home. It will not cause a fire. Now, we know that motion picture film and 35 millimeter up until 1952, probably worldwide, was generally nitrate. It doesn't mean there wasn't safety film in motion picture film because I did come across a film from maybe the teens that was safety film. Now, the safety film was kind of warped at that point, so it wasn't that good for projection, but nitrate film had an advantage that had greater sharpness, something about the emulsion on it. I can tell a strange story. There was a great lost movie called Shandu the Magician, made about 1932 or 33 by Fox, based on a famous radio program of Edmund Lowe was Shandu the Magician, and Roxor the villain was Bela Lugosi. It was a great classic kind of a semi-horror movie. It was thought to be lost. My friend Alex Gordon, who was a producer in L.A., worked for 20th Century Fox, found the only surviving print in the world, and somehow that nitrate print from 1932 or 33 was shipped from Los Angeles to New York, where it was played at the New Yorker Theater on 88th Street and Broadway. I saw it there. Wow. It was the sole surviving nitrate print. It hadn't been copied. It hadn't been anything. Mm -hmm. And they shipped it because for some strange reason, mid or early to mid-70s, uh, that nitrate print could still be projected at that theater. They could run nitrate. And William K. Everson, the famous cinema professor, used to have special screenings on Sunday mornings once a month at that theater of rare nitrate prints that people had found. So that was just crazy, but... It looked great, and that's what happened. The point of the matter is, I can't imagine the one archival copy in the world, Nitrate, of Shandu the Magician, shipped from L.A. to New York right. and played for one day at the New Yorker Theater. It shipped back to L.A., where 20th Century Fox did preserve it, making copy negatives, making digital masters, whatever it is. Everything on that film, all the DVDs and Blu-rays and everything, digital restorations of that film come from that one nitrate print. point I was saying about home use, it was always thought of that 35 millimeter still film was safety film. Right. That if it was going to be rolled for Leica and Contacts and Argus and any kind mm -hmm. of early 35 millimeter cameras, everything up the line, Nikons and everything later on, that it would all be safety film, used it in safety, used it in your home, black and white, color, mm -hmm. print film, slide film, whatever. Sometimes we believe things in life, mm -hmm. whatever it is about any subject, that doesn't make it true. Right. There's always something that my late partner, Dan Kennis, used to call the exception that proves the rule. <laughs> I don't know what that means. It seems to contradict itself, but that's what he said. The exception that proves the rule. And um, after World War II, I can't say it ever happened or didn't happen before World War II. Right. There was a lot of surplus film around of all types, all sizes, that had been made for the military. And the military had a lot of other surplus tires and junk and this and that. And they were always selling that surplus after World War II. And uh, there was just so much surplus of everything. So um, some of this uh, military film was made up for home use, sometimes in uh, 127, 120, or 620, cut down mm -hmm. and spooled still film 
from aerial cameras. These were mapping cameras meant to fly over uh, the enemy and map their cities so we could bomb them. We had leftover motion picture film. I don't know where it came from, government surplus, whatever, or whether it was nitrate or safety. But at some point, and I don't know if it exists anymore, there were people who re-spooled motion picture film, generally black and white, into cartridges for still camera use. Mm -hmm. Now, usually, I, I don't know why, but a lot of it was Super XX. just was a, a format used in motion picture film. It was a more sensitive film than slower film. Right. And there was a lot of Super XX around. A lot of that tended to be re-spooled into spools for uh, cartridges for still cameras. Anybody, like a kid like I was, starting way back when with 35mm still film, always was on a limited budget. Kids didn't have jobs. We didn't have much money, but sure. an allowance. We were interested in photography. We had to work off our small budget. So we would look for bargains in photography magazines, usually towards the back of it. And they would have different places that re-spooled film. Sometimes they called it re-spooled. Sometimes they didn't. But a film was normally a dollar a roll. This might be 35 cents a roll. Spooling of this became a cottage industry. It was available cheaply, and some stores might have it. There was a place in Manhattan, I think it was on 42nd or 43rd Street near 6th Avenue, called Panoram Film Labs. And they had, uh, I know it was safety film, and I have a lot of it. I used to buy re-spool film from them. Very inexpensive. They also were a lab that developed it. And it was very good quality and very inexpensive. Panoram Film Labs. Now, there were other people who would do anything, and uh, one of them was called 816 Films on 56th Street in Manhattan near 7th Avenue, also known as All Film Sales Company. And this was run by a man by the name of Morris Kleinerman, who did all kinds of strange things some good some kind of skirting the edges <laughs> of things and he was known for re-spooling five inch aerial film i did tell this on one other podcast mm -hmm. as he employed blind blind people to do the re-spooling in the dark uh, a lot of things were looked away from in his case sure i can't say that he re-spooled nitrate film but he might have i don't know who would, who did it as I was a user of re-spooled film, re-spooled motion picture film for still use, I did come across in my holdings of a lot of old still film, some that was nitrate. Wow. I couldn't believe it. But it was right on the edge, nitrate. I'm going through my collection of still negatives because Mike Rasso had asked me, do you have all your old stills and still negatives and all that sort of thing? And I've been looking for them because he did ask me that question. And I've just gotten a scanner for 35 millimeters so I can scan all this. I don't have to print it. I did notice once in among film that I got that was marked Cryptar. K-R-Y-P-T-A-R. Which I think was eventually bought by Bell and Howell. Cryptar? Yeah, I believe so. Well, I don't know anything about it. All I know is uh, K-R-Y-P-T-A-R was a brand of still film, and it actually was a company in, I believe, Rochester, New York, where Kodak was located, mm -hmm. kind of a photographic center. And I had bought some closeouts on Cryptar. It came in a uh, little box, like any other 35-millimeter film, that was uh, black and orange. 
It was ten cents a roll somewhere in a going to some camera store. They have it on a bin on the counter. Ten cents a roll, but it was not particularly good film. It was kind of grainy and not sharp. But I think that all film sales company uh, on Fifty Fifth Street had uh, purchased uh, a lot of this, and they were selling it out, and or they had purchased empty Kryptar boxes, little cans, <laughs> and they were spooling Who nitrate knows? film and putting it in there. But among my Kryptar film, I found some nitrate film, and I began to think that I never read this anywhere, but I knew of re-spooling movie film, and I had to think that pre-1952, or even a little after, if anybody was re-spooling movie film, that some of it was nitrate film, and these people were not aware of what they were doing, the safety hazard, or that people could have in their homes right. nitrate film. Well, it's so interesting. Uh, I mean, I was very surprised by that, simply because I, just like, just like you said, I never would have assumed that people would ever sell it for home use, but... I think it it's also interesting the fact that even I mean gosh almost 80 years ago um they were taking motion picture film and respooling it for for still cameras which is something that we do I mean we we do it here at the FPP and many other companies do it today so it's something that's it's a practice that's been around for a long time of course I can say certainly that the FPP and everybody else I know is is only using safety film because they don't manufacture nitrate film anymore but it is it is interesting I mean how, how many Sam how many negatives would you say that you've shot over the years that you have in your possession today it's in the hundreds not in the thousands but lots so that's but pretty, I, would, I mean, I was expecting you to say you had, you know, a couple of thousand, in which case, you know, a, a couple of rolls no. of nitrate film would be pretty rare. But it makes me wonder for those people out there that maybe either have their old negatives or their father's old negatives or their grandfather's old negatives, um, if they might have some of this stuff sitting around. Well, any old negatives must be taken out and examined, whatever they are, mm -hmm. of any size, and look at the edge. Because at the edge it will say safety film or nitrate film. Mm -hmm. And if it's nitrate film, it should be copied in some way, scanned on a computer or any other way you do it. And uh, then it should be sent to an archive and or taken to the fire department and disposed of. But uh, we don't know how many spontaneous fires might have been caused by this. It's just something that's inadequately spoken about. And we, we need to do this. That's why it came to my mind to call Mike and start spreading this around. Right. Because... I did encounter it in and among the boxes of Kryptar film. I don't think Kryptar was selling nitrate film because I know they had their own brand and it was not particularly good. Mm -hmm. But it could have been all film sales company that had bought the empty boxes from Kryptar when they went out of business mm -hmm. because they needed boxes to put film in and little cartridges to wind them in. And they could have filled those boxes up with... Um, some of the uh, nitrate bulk film, motion picture film, and uh, not have thought of it. I mean, they didn't do it carelessly. They just weren't thinking. They 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 said, "Well, some motion picture films are." That right. Nobody thought to look at it. And if you Especially, came across a negative, let's say uh, in a drawer that you know you find a negative and it has nothing written on the side, is, is there any easy way to tell whether or not it's nitrate? Well, yes, you could take a little bit of the end of it, clip it off like a little one-inch piece, take it outside on the ground, and light it with a match. See what happens. <laughs> Yikes. Okay, well, I mean, I guess that's fair. You know, if it just barely smolders or it melts, then you'd know it was safety. But if it goes, and it goes right up, you'd like know a match. it's nitrate. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. It's a, it's a super interesting topic. Um, I mean, I've, I've probably scanned in the thousands of negatives over my time. Uh, I know Mike has as well, and I've never come across this, but... Uh, it's certainly I can certainly see why it is or could be an issue because I think a lot of people when you say the word nitrate film they have no idea what you're talking about you know especially for younger generations who may have their you know like I said their fathers or grandfathers or grandmothers negatives and have no idea what they have lurking in a drawer um, so I guess the advice from Sam and everybody else is to you know look carefully at your negatives especially if they're older um, if it says nitrate to uh, you know scan those or if you don't want to deal with them at all, send them to an archive or send them to, uh, you know, to the local fire department or some other kind of chemical recycling center to get some advice on how to get rid of it. Any closing, any closing thoughts on that subject, Sam? Well, yes, there's more to it. Now, this is not still film, but it involves motion picture collecting, using, whatever. Mm-hmm. There were such things as toy projectors that were made for home use in the teens and maybe the 20s. And you can see them on eBay. They turn up. may have been made by Keystone. They were small black tin projectors that were made for kids like a toy projector Mm -hmm. with a crank to run a little roll of film, maybe no more than 50 feet, through the projector. This is before there was 16 millimeter or 8 millimeter or Super 8, but it was 35 millimeter. Wow as was run in theaters. Well, what was it that they were projecting there? (laughs) Well, many cases, there were places that that bought surplus rolls of nitrate silent films, and they cut them up into little rolls of 50 feet. You know, a normal roll would be one reel, a thousand feet, but they take them down to 50 feet of little rolls that would fit into the cup cup area of the projector at the top or the bottom or put them on a small spool Mm -hmm. and then the kid would buy it and crank it through so this remained as a toy for children (laughs) and could still be in the home and could still turn up on ebay right and instead of making a little roll of a silent 50-foot movie they went ahead and took some of the surplus miscellaneous odd reels from features or shorts cut it up for these toy projectors so in the homes where these toy projectors are there could be little amber tinted rolls or black and white or whatever but unlikely color of parts of silent movies on little rolls of nitrate film wow there's not enough film there to be extremely dangerous but it's enough to start a fire right if someone has that projector and they're smoking and an ash goes down on it boom that's going up or spontaneously spontaneous combustion it could cause a house fire right anybody dealing with antiques that have these little home projectors for 35 mil film, which is about an inch wide or a little wider, Mm -hmm. uh, with sprockets on both sides, they should know that's 35 millimeter, not 16, which is like a half an inch wide. Right. That's very, very uh, potentially dangerous. So I'm just kind of sounding the alarm here, and I'd like to have people write in or however they contact you in the future and tell us of their stories Right. Because I think you will add as much as you pick up from the rest of the world to this story that we're beginning to tell now, and we will get the larger picture. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's a that's a great point. I think uh, if anybody, any of our listeners has experience with nitrate film or if you've found nitrate film and what you did with it and what your experience was, 
or uh, if you've got some film that you're kind of curious about and not sure what it is, certainly um, you can write into the FBP podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. It would be I mean, it would be fascinating to see if somebody had a stack of this stuff just sort of sitting in a drawer somewhere. But if they do, hopefully they're being safe. I'm certainly available in the future to talk on this or other subjects. And um, It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. My pleasure. Wish everybody well. Thanks for asking me. Yeah, my pleasure, Sam. And thanks for being on the show. And thanks to everybody for listening. Um, If you have any other comments or questions, please write in and let us know. Otherwise, thank you so much for your time, Sam. And I'm sure we'll be talking to you very soon. Thanks. Be well. Take care. All right. You too. Thanks, Sam. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. So that was my interview with Sam Sherman talking about nitrate film and all the other um, really interesting uh, details about a film format that's no longer made today but certainly can pose a risk. Uh, So we certainly encourage you to look at your old negatives, especially if they're sitting up there in an attic. Um, Or if you come across some old movie film and you're not sure what it is, a word of the wise to just be a little cautious with it. So thanks again to Sam Sherman, and thanks for listening, everybody. This is Owen McCafferty for the Film Photography Project. (laughs) 